need to understand that everybody in the body of Christ must go before God and say, Father, if there's anything in my life hindering you, Father, watch it from me. Remove it from me. Because you don't see yourself the way God sees you. There are things in your life that are blind spots. There's always say, you did say, no, why would they tell me this? Ah, da, 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 da. Hey, boy, hey, God knows you better than you know yourself. Because we all have blind spots. In other words, you're walking against it behind. So you yield yourself to God. Hallelujah. All right, let's go on. So you ask for it. First Thessalonians 3, 12 to 13. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love. Notice this is a prayer. This is a prayer. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another and to all. Just as a bit. In other words, loving. You see, if you're on fire, you'll be loving. Your love life is a test of your fire. If you want to know whether you're on fire, how loving are you? Verse 3. So that you may establish your hearts blameless in holiness. See, and that's why we say that holiness is a behavioral expression of love. Holiness is a behavioral expression of love. If someone is really in love with God and people, they'll live a holy life. So that he may establish your hearts blameless and holiness before our God and Father and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. All right, Second Thessalonians 3 verse 5. Now may the Lord direct your heart into the love of God and the patience of Christ. Give it to me in the O King James. It says God should direct your, your heart into the love of God and you're the patient waiting for Christ. See? We can tell this person is on fire. We can tell this one is not on fire. It's easy to know. Are they loving? Do they love God? See? One indicator of fire is passion. And wherever there's passion, there's intensity. There's intensity. And you got to keep your fire burning. You just, you just got to keep your fire burning. If not... You're useless before God, no matter the amount of activity you're engaged in. So you need to ask for it. Let me do something and we'll go to number four. Revelation 2 verse 1. To the angel of the church of Ephesus write, This then says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands, I know your works. Now, the seven golden lampstands we know are the churches. The seven stars are the pastors. They're called the angels of the church. Now, they're messengers to the church. I know your works, he says, your labor, your patience. And he cannot bear those who are evil. And you've tested those who say they are apostles and are not. And have found them liars. You persevered and have patience. And have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. These guys are active for God. Nevertheless, I have this against you. You know, God can have something against you. Nevertheless, I have this against you 
that you have left. Notice they didn't know. Activity was still going on, but he didn't know they had lost fellowship and intimacy. Now, let me ask you something, please. When you pray, is it as sweet as it used to be in your early days? Or are you just pray because you are a Christian? Do you pray because you have to? Or you pray because you love to? Do you study because you have to? Or you study because you love to? If you do it out of duty, fire is gone. If anything you do, you do it out of duty, your fire is gone. Nevertheless, I have this against you that you have left your first love. Verse 5. Remember, therefore, from whence you, from where you, from whence you've fallen. Okay, Genesis, from whence you've fallen. Repent, he says, and do the first work. There's more activity now, but fire is gone. Listen to what Jesus said. Or else, I will come to you quickly and remove and remove your candlestick, your lampstand. From his place, unless you repent. In other words, you're going to lose your shine. You lose your influence. In fact, what this means, Jesus is saying, I'm going to close the church. So in the kingdom of God, if you don't have fire, you're useless. And a branch in me that does not bear fruit, what did he say? It takes away. So you want to remain relevant in the things of God. You've got to stay on fire. If not, you can have all the activity. And it makes no sense to heaven. It makes no sense to God. Look at the next verse. Verse 6. But this you have, you say, but this you have, and you hate the, the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate next. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So he who overcomes our gift to eat on the tree of life, which is the midst of the paradise of God. In other words, when you've lost your fire, you find out there will be no life. There will be no life in your fellowship time. Or in your time of fellowship. There'll be no life. Be dead. You're speaking in tongues and you know that you're dead. You, you just know it that, hey, this thing is useless. You know it. So you need to ask for it. Four. Otherwise, stay on fire. Receive the Holy Spirit. When you're baptized with the Holy Spirit, it comes with a fire. It comes with a fire. 
Matthew 3, verse 11. We'll come back to the notes. Matthew 3, 11. This is John speaking. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sinners I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and what? And fire. When the Spirit comes, the fire comes. All right? Let's move on now. As a fellowship with the Holy Spirit by speaking in other tongues, you activate the fire of God's Spirit in you. You activate the fire of God's Spirit in you. You can always step up the fire within you by speaking in other tongues until you're overwhelmed, overcome by the influence and the power of the Holy Spirit. So make our time to speak in other tongues for a long time. Make our time. See, don't just speak in tongues briefly and, and you, you, you're, you're done. Sometimes is what I do. I speak in tongues. I'm praying and playing a message beside me. I'm not necessarily listening to the message. But the reason is that as the message is playing, it's going to my spirit. My spirit can multitask. That's why you can be listening to me and God will be talking to you. You're hearing me and hearing God. Your spirit can multitask, but your mind can already multitask. So why do you say that? Okay, if I tell you to, to count 1 to 10 in your mind, let's do the experiment. Let's count 1 to 10 in your mind. 1 to go. Count. Now tell me your name. You will stop counting in your mind. Your mind cannot multitask, but the spirit can multitask. See? So you pray and let, 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 the, let the word of God, let it soak in your spirit. Because you want your fire. Because without your fire... Hey, if you live 20 years without fire, it's 20 wasted years. You live 10 years without fire, it's 20 wasted years. You can't afford to go without fire. Said I'll remove your, Jesus said, I'll remove your candlestick, your lampstand from his place. And I was, I'll close the church, he said. See, if every church in the body of Christ or every believer took this seriously, the body of Christ will have more influence in the world than it has right now. See? 2 Timothy 1 verse 5. Let's look at this. So when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which was first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded that it's in you also. Now that means you can have a spiritual legacy. You can have a spiritual legacy. You know, some people have an evil legacy. The spirit troubling them is troubling their children. But as a believer, you can have a spiritual legacy. And that's why you need to be on fire. Because if you don't have fire, you have no spiritual legacy. So the genuine faith is in you, which you were first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded it's in you also. Next. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given to us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. What's it telling us? It said, one, fear is an evidence of lost fire. If you're always afraid, you've lost your fire. Because fire makes you bold. Fire makes you daring. 
He tells the man, stare up the gift of God which is in you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. If you're afraid, always afraid, come and preach. You're scared. Oh, come and do this thing. You're scared. Hey, you don't have fire. Because the more fire you have, the less self-conscious you will be. The more fire you have, the less self-conscious you will be. So you need to go for fire. Are you following me? Go for fire. Go for fire. All right. Let's look at something here. In Acts 2, 1 to 4. Acts 2, 1 to 4. Now notice Jesus told them to tarry until they endured the power from on high in Luke 24, verse 49. And um, in Acts 1, 8, he said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Now, Jesus is, he has spoken, and this is 10 days after the 40 days of teaching. Now, look at Acts 2, 1. When, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, notice fully come, they stuck with divine process. They were all with one accord in one place. That's unity. Next. It says, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven, as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled, watch this, the house where they were seated. Now notice, the Spirit of God came from heaven and filled just one house. It didn't feel everybody in the earth instantly. It went to one house. Which house? The house where he was expected. Now let me say this. When you go to your study, are you expecting God to come? When you go for prayer in the morning, are you expecting God to come? God goes where he's expected. So the next time you, you, you carry your Bible to study, or you kneel to pray, or stand to pray, or sing, or however you start your prayer, know that God is going to come if you expect him. I remember a woman of God, she was always busy, not having time to study. And Jesus asked her one day, he said, do you know how many times I sit and I watch you go about your day and you don't have time for me, for us to talk? She never knew that that time of study, Jesus comes and, and he's ready to sit down and talk with her. Are you expecting God to come? You just wake up in the morning, oh Jesus, I worship you, oh, I give you praise, oh God. And he's looking. Then you hear a noise from a neighbor. They hope slam their dog. Boom. Oh, Lord, I worship you. He, he doesn't know whether you're worshiping sleep or worshiping him. Because you're worshiping some, someone here right now. But you're expecting him. Every time I sit down, I expect God to talk to me. If you pick my study notes and read it. Before you know, you see me writing down and writing the time and the date God spoke to me. I'm like, wow. He's talking. He's talking because I was expecting him. When you carry your Bible, are you expecting God to talk to you? When you kneel down to pray, are you expecting God to talk to you? Or you just, listen, there's something the Lord began to teach me. Many of us read our Bible for knowledge, not to know him. There are two different things. When you read your Bible for knowledge, 
You will know the verses of the scriptures, but you will not know him. And you're just like a Pharisee. Let me explain. I'll show you from the Bible shortly. Now, look at this. The Pharisees, they could recite the first five books of the law. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Now, those five books of the law, somebody has it in, so I can quote it verse by verse. And in the law of Moses, there are things most spoke about our prophets. They know, they, know, they know the Old Testament. They know the prophets. They know the Psalms. They know the ketubims, as they call it. They know all these things. And here, they, they saw the man. They didn't know him. And let me show you. John 5.37. We'll come back here. John 5.37. And the Father himself will send me as satisfied of me. You have neither heard his voice. At any time, no sin is for. Notice he's talking to the Pharisees. So you've neither heard his voice. At any time, no sin is for. I like the oak in Jesus. Your sin is shaped. All right? So they hadn't seen him. Look at verse 38 now. Go to 38. It says, But you do not have his word abiding in you. But you do not have his word abiding in you. Because, because whom, is, whom he sent. Him you do not believe. Now watch this. It says, if you had a relationship with the word of God, you will know the one he sent. Now look at 39 now. You search the scriptures. You search the scriptures. For in them you think you have eternal life. And these are they which have found me. They didn't know him. They could quote it. Messiah, when he comes, he's the son of David. Oh, you know he's the son of David? I remember someone saying that after Jesus was crucified and sent these things, some of the Pharisees or the Sadducees or which group the universe said, they found out that Messiah came and they did not know. Because Isaiah 35 was there. They remembered Isaiah 35 after he had gone. So many of us read our Bibles to know the scriptures, to quote it, to be able to say, I can quote it, or I know the subject. We are focused on knowing the subject and forget the object. So many of us can quote scriptures, and that's what's dividing the body of Christ. Because many people say, I'm the grace part, I'm the holiness part, and the faith part, and the this part, and the that part. Hey, which part are you? Jesus. Are you telling me we are saved by grace? Of course, it's in the Bible. Through faith. That's two parts. And grace teaches us to deny all ungodly laws. That's holiness. They're all connected. But if you don't know him, you don't see the big picture. You just divide. That's why you study the Bible to know him. Every time you carry that Bible, ask him to teach you. Ask him to show you Holy Spirit. I ask that you open my heart and mind to receive revelation and truth. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Show me Jesus. Show me what you're saying to me in this season. 
But if you just go into the word and, oh, I need to study about grace, to study about faith, you will know all the scriptures, you may not see him. But if you get in there and know him, phew. look at what happened. I was telling you about this month of August. I said, I sense in my spirit, we need to start a Bible school right now in August. And we need to start having midweek services. I didn't know, I didn't know any, any plans. Then I heard that the ban has been lifted. Now, what happened? Him, not me. I didn't know anything. I just knew him. That he wanted his midweek services in August. I may not be able to quote every verse of the scripture. But I know the God of the scripture. Hallelujah. Quickly, Jude 20. So 21. Now when, when Acts 2.2, Acts 2.2, Acts 2.2, we'll come to Jude 20. It says, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting. If the presence of the Holy Spirit filled the house. See, God's presence can fill a place. Verse 3. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire. Notice tongues as a fire. And one sat upon each of them. Next. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utter. Notice the fire. Tongues, the Holy Spirit. Do you know that when you speak in other tongues, you're actually staring your fire? Do you know when you don't spend time speaking in tongues, you are losing the intensity of your fire? Some of you only pray in English. There's nothing wrong with that. But do not forget to pray in tongues. Because as you're praying in tongues, you are stirring your fire. Jude 20 to 21. But you, beloved, building yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Now, when it says building on your most holy faith, when you pray in other tongues, this is what happens. There's a level of faith you build up, the level of knowledge you have in God's word. The Holy Ghost will stir you up to that level of faith. Because whenever your fire is hot, your faith will be fervent. When your faith is weak, your fire is low. Because fire is fed by the word. We'll look at it later. But fire is fed by the word. See, fire is fed by the word. Now give it to me in the Amplified Version, please. Amplified Version. It says, Beloved, build yourselves up, founded on your most holy faith. Watch this. Make progress. Rise like an edifice. Higher and what? Higher praying in the Holy Spirit. You see that? Now, we'll come back to 
verse 21 later. In Justinian, the five version, give us 2 Timothy 1 6. Now look at this. Look at how you stay that gift. You're speaking in tongues, okay? And 2 Timothy 1 verse 6, you're speaking in tongues and um, you're finding the flame. Says so that is why I will remind you to stay up, rekindle the embers of, fan the flame, and keep burning the gracious gift of God, the inner fire. How does that happen? Speaking in tongues. You're staring your fire. You're staring your fire. See, if you don't give time to speak in tongues, you may find out that your fire just is going down, down, until before long, your passion is no longer relevant. See, you just find out, oh, you're just tolerating what you used to, things you, you never used to do, you start doing them. You start doing things you never used to, you, you feel God has delivered you from, and you're going, you're falling back to your old sins. See, you're falling back to your old sins. What's happening now? You've lost your fire. These are things you would never think of doing. How come they're coming to your mind now? What happened to you? Do you know that, hear me, no fly is silly enough to perch on a hot stove. And I've never seen a fly so silly and they're cooking a hot jollof rice and the fire is burning with a firewood and the, the fly says, oh, it doesn't dry. It waits and it starts getting cold. In other words, demonic oppression is an evidence of coldness or weakened fire or little fire. Are you oppressed? Are you oppressed at night? Some strange man is sleeping within your dreams. Some strange woman is sleeping within your dreams. I can tell you from the word of God, your fire is gone low. How is your fire? How is your fire? How come you've broken your vow of purity again and again and again? Because the fire is gone. Let me show you something as we wrap it up today. Jude 20, we're reading to 21, so let's put it in context. For you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, watch this, keep yourselves in the love of God. Notice, if I speak in other tongues, and I maintain that fluent tongues, I'll keep myself in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. So the question I want to ask you today, are you 
on fire or your fire is gone. When you say now your walk with God is deeper than the way it used to be, higher than the way it used to be, or lesser. When you say the power of God in your life is stronger now than before. If the case is no, it means your fire is low. I want you to think for a moment. Are you on fire? Can you remember how you used to wake up desiring to pray as you wake up? It's a push to pray. How the word of God was burned hot inside of you. But now you're more critical than ever. Are you on fire? There's so much we have to say. You have about 12 points. I think I need to end it here today and we'll, we'll take it again. And we'll look into it. Because if the body of Christ is on fire, society the different. One man called Paul, the Bible says they turned the world upside down. Fire is contagious. Are you on fire? Fire consumes. How many books have you read lately? How many chapters have you consumed lately? How many hours has your passion for prayer consumed? Or you are just out of the drama, acting like you're on fire, but you're a dead man walking. Fire has If you know you're not on fire, cry out for fire. Cry out for fire. Because without fire, all you're doing is useless. Cry out. Ask him to teach you how to stay on fire for him. Because in that way you remain relevant in the kingdom of God. Thank you for listening to this message. As we preach the full message of this new life, our goal is to raise the people who are like Jesus by exposing them to the influence of God's word and his spirit in an atmosphere of love so that they may be able to take the love of God the word of God and the healing power of God 
to every individual within their sphere of contact. For more information on how you can get other messages by Apostle David Wale Fesso, visit us at Charismatic Renaissance International Church, Kilometer 9 and 10, along Isaac Boro Expressway, Biogulu, Yenegua, Bioso State. You can also visit our website at crichurch.org. Follow us on Facebook at Charismatic Renaissance or call 003-382-7072 or 005-120-4708. God bless you.